Happy Easter, everyone. This is a great one, isn't it? Oh, this isn't going to work. You can't hear me. It's pretty easy to complain about the fact that this is the first time the church hasn't been able to physically worship together to celebrate the resurrection in the history of the church. It's ironic to me that two of my best friends in ministry retired from their long-term jobs leading amazing churches this past year, Dave Stone and Rick Rousseau, and I've been wondering how hard it was going to be for them to not preach at their churches on Easter. Aha! Turns out, not very hard. But, but let me remind you that this is not the first time Christians have been huddled together in their homes on Easter weekend because it wasn't safe to come out. There was another time like this. It's recorded in the Gospel of John. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for the fear of Jewish leaders. Does that sound familiar? Can you wrap your head around this for a minute? Okay, this is the first Easter. Let me highlight some words there. I underline disciples and doors locked for fear. And by the way, the Greek word for Jewish leaders is coronavirus. Okay, just kidding. But the feeling was exactly the same. So we can be sad if we want. And for good reason, but this is actually the first time in the history of the church that we've been able to celebrate the resurrection like they celebrated the first one. On the first Easter, just before this verse, John records that he and Peter had heard that the tomb was empty, and they went and they saw that it was, and then they went back to their secret hideout where Mary Magdalene stayed behind. And she said... I have seen the Lord. She has this vision of Jesus. She talks to him. She thinks he's the gardener. She goes back and says, wait, I've seen the Lord. So all the disciples are huddled together in their little secret place. Peter and John said, it's empty. Yeah, it's empty. Uh, Mary said, no, I saw him. And they're all there not knowing what to believe. They want to believe that it's true, but they were afraid. They were afraid for their lives. They were afraid for their families they were living in despair and fear because, check this, if they went outside on the first Easter, bad things might happen. But could it really be true? Jesus is alive because that's a game changer. The grave is empty. They believe that. But he's alive? They're barely holding on to hope and then bam! Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed, and they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. He said it again. Why? Because he knew how much they needed it. Say it with me. Peace be with you. And also with you. Yeah, greet one another in your homes right now. Peace be with you. And then he said, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them. No mask. I mean, that's a verse I've read a million times, but it didn't strike me like the way it struck me this time. Because this time, we're all quarantined because of a respiratory virus that is spread by breathing on people. Guys, what I'm saying is, maybe this year, we actually understand Easter more than ever before. I don't know. I mean, I know we love our normal Easter stuff, meeting together in buildings where we can have the largest attendance of the year, 
But there is no record in the Bible of Easter celebrations, no record of little girls wearing white gloves or men with pastel ties. There's no record of them hiding Easter eggs. They didn't sing, up from the grave he arose. They didn't even have church buildings for hundreds of years, and some parts of the world still don't have them. And guess what we figured out? We don't need them either. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, and I miss it. And we will be back, and it will feel like Easter, whether it's Cinco de Mayo or Arbor Day, okay? We need to be together. I've just realized that a big part of my sadness about this Easter thing is because as a preacher, there's nothing better than standing up and proclaiming the news of the resurrection. Best news ever. I endure a lot of other stupid stuff so that I can get to the good stuff. And like you do in your job, I've got good parts and bad parts, and this is the bad part. But therein is the problem. Because I am standing in front of you, sitting in front of you, proclaiming the best news ever. What's the difference? I don't get to hear any of you say dilly dilly. I don't get to see the joy on your face or the tears in your eyes when you realize Jesus is alive. But guess what I figured out? I am not. Just like you, I am not. And he is. And his ways are not our ways. And it's hilarious to think that as a church, we've had a 2020 vision for a long time. And you know what it was about? It was about how many churches we were going to plant in physical locations around the world and how many people we were going to reach inside one of our physical campuses. Because no business or organization predicted a 2020 pandemic where their business plans would completely be reset. But this socially distanced Easter reset will probably mean that we will actually reach more people digitally than we could possibly reach physically. And this reset means that more people are going to be ready to hear the good news because more people realize the world is broken and more people need Jesus to breathe peace and spirit on them. Here's a Google chart of people searching for prayer. Look at what's happened since the coronavirus. Listen to this. People need this. Right before Jesus breathed on them and gave them the Holy Spirit, he said, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. I am sending you. Well, believe it or not, the 2020 virus is accidentally sending us right into your house and all over the world. And it blows me away. Our new 2020 vision will mean reaching way more people than we could have possibly imagined. And please hear me on this. I do not believe that God was sitting up in heaven and decided to hit control, alt, delete on the world and, and pass this virus around. It's a broken world problem. Like I said last week, actually, I think this sums it up. You know, whoever said one person can't change the world never ate an undercooked bat, right? I mean, but God will work all things together for good. That's what I mean because He is God, He is the way maker. We've been doing the Names of God sermon series, and, and I want to encourage you to go back and watch it. I mean, what else have you got to do? Tiger King, come on. A.W. Tozer nailed it when he said this. He said, what comes to mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. So we are trying to ensure that when we think about God, our thoughts are consistent with how God has revealed himself. And there's no better way to do it than to revisit the names of God in the Bible. So we talked about Yahweh, which means I am, which means I am not. 
I talked about Elohim. First five words of the Bible are true. In the beginning, God created the Creator God. That, that answers everything. We talked about Yahweh Rapha, Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. And today, it's Daddy, Abba. Paul said, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Please hear this. But you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba means Daddy. Personal, childlike name for God. Our Father in Heaven. Let me tell you about Dad this Easter. Well, I'll let Jesus do it. Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. This is the story of the prodigal son. We call him the prodigal, the wayward one. And he comes to the father and he says, I want what's coming to me um, when you die, except I don't want to wait until you die. I want to live as if you are dead right now, okay? You may not feel like you uh, have done that with God, but let's just admit we have all Frank Sinatra'd it and done it our way with God. Just be honest. Some of us ran farther than others, but the result is still the same. We left the love and the protection of the father. And the younger son set off for a distant country. He set off down the road, a distant country, to squander his wealth in wild living. His father had spent a lifetime working and saving for the money, and he went and blew it in a few days, few weeks, we don't know. And hey, I'm not going to tell you that wild living isn't fun for a while, but it never goes well in the end. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine, hold on to that, in the whole country, and he began to be in need. And he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his field to feed his pigs pigs. Get it? Jesus' audience was Jewish. Pigs, bad, unkosher. Worst job ever. Pigs were unclean. And maybe you have had that experience of waking up one day wondering, how in the world did I get here? Here is us, here is God, and we're way far apart. Laying there in the middle of the night, everything smells like pigs. Maybe that's where you are today. I mean, I want you to know that I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if that's where you're at. And, and that's why we are here, the church. That's why we're here. No judgment. We just want to help you, okay? What do we learn about God? What do we learn about Abba, our daddy? Well, he'll allow us to leave. God understands free will. And if you want to be your own boss, you can. Here's my famous picture of George Timothy as boss baby at Halloween last year. Um, I mean, yeah, you can do whatever you want if you want to, but here's what's going to happen. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. What do we learn about daddy? He'll allow you to leave, but he really wants you to come home. Do you wonder why the son would wait so long to come back? He waits until he has lost everything. Why? It's because he thought he knew what it would be like going back. 
Maybe you think that too. He was rehearsing a speech all the way home. He knew daddy was going to be disappointed. Why? Because he knew daddy was what? A hard man? No. If he was a hard man, he would have never let him leave in the first place. I mean, I don't know about you, but, but if I went to my father with the attitude that the prodigal son did, and I said, Dad, I want you to give me what's mine, which is really yours, and I want it, and it's Sinatra time, I don't know about your dad, but my dad would have said, see if you can finish it with me. Son, I brought you into this world. Right? And you know what? As a dad, I would have said the same thing. He knew his dad was loving, and he knew his dad would make sure he was cared for, so he decided to go home. But he waited until he became desperate to come home because he knew what he deserved. And maybe that's our issue. And because he knew about the social implications of coming home in that day. See, there was a well-known ceremony I didn't know about until recently in the Jewish community. If you left the community, if you disgraced the community in any way, you would be banished from the community. It was like permanent social distancing, okay? And what they would do is when they heard you coming or saw you coming, the entire village would take a pot out, a clay pot, and they would fill it with burnt corn nuts and stuff that didn't smell good. And one by one, the people from around the village would take the jar and they would raise it above their heads and they would smash it on the ground. The ceremony was a way of saying, you have broken relationship with your father. You have broken trust with the community. Your damage is beyond repair. So we are breaking relationship with you. They called this ceremony kezaza, which meant cutting off. And the prodigal thinks that's what's going to happen. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with what? Again, it depends on your view of God. This is what Tozer meant. Your view of God is the most important thing about you. Is he, is, he, is he full of disgust? Is he full of anger? Is he full of embarrassment? No, it says his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son and he threw his arms around him and he kissed him. Ladies and gentlemen, Meet Abba, your dad. He ran to his son. It was completely undignified for a man in that culture to run. He had a robe on. He had to gather it up, which was another thing a man of dignity did not do. And he had to expose his legs, which was something that a man of dignity didn't do. Good thing they're not watching you, watching me in your boxer shorts right now. So why did he run? I always thought it was just because he was excited. I always thought it was just because he was really excited. But now that I know about Kezaza, it makes more sense, doesn't it? He has to get to his son to accept his son before the people of the village get to him. Because he's not going to let anyone keep his lost son from coming home. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, put the best robe, quick. Before the pot people get here, quick, bring the best robe and put it on his feet. Put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and he is found. And they began to celebrate. There will be no kezazah. Instead of excommunication, we're going to have a party. We're going to have a celebration for my son who was dead and now he was alive. He was lost and now he's found. 
And we usually call this story the story of the prodigal son, but really this is the story of the running father. Easter is for every person who finds themselves in a distant country and wonders if God would want them to come home. Easter is for every person who feels shame for their own sin, who wonders if God could ever forgive them. Easter is about peace and God's spirit being breathed on you. Easter is when Kazaza turns into cool in the gang. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Peter said. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Hope and resurrection. The word hope appears 71 times in the New Testament. I know that doesn't really make any difference to you, but the interesting thing is it only occurs one time before the resurrection and 70 times after the resurrection. That's why this is so important. But let's be honest. Most of us think that God has a pot, you know, with, uh, with our name on it. And, and he's just waiting for us to mess up one more time, and he's going to kezaza me. Or, or, or maybe it's, it, you know, there's one more thing, or maybe we feel like he already has, and he's thrown us down and smashed us on the ground. You have it all wrong. Your daddy knows that you're already broken. He wants to help you put the pieces back together again. That's why he sent Jesus to pay for your sin. That's the hope and the peace that comes from this day. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And here's another thing that's really just blowing my mind about Easter 2020. The prodigal son came home when there was a need, when there was a famine in the land. Maybe that's what COVID-19 is for you. And so like that Google graph I shared with you earlier, you know that you need prayer. We all do. But instead of sending you to Google to figure out how to pray, we want to give you a chance to receive prayer by dropping the keyword need peace in the comment line if you're using one of those formats and you can do it. Or text need peace to 555-888. And we will, we will respond to you if you text. We're going to try to grab it while you're chatting right now and respond to you. We want to be a church that prays for each other. And this is a famine right now. So if you see need peace in the comment line from somebody else, tell them you're praying for them right now. And if you need it, put it in there. And if you want to connect with us, if you want Jesus in your life this Easter, just text need peace to 555-888 and we will respond to you immediately. We're here for you. Listen, that first Easter, they were alone in their homes, daring to believe that hope was possible. But that long night, it didn't seem like it was going to be over. It was a broken time in their world, and that's where we are now. But eventually, Jesus showed up for them, and that's what we're praying for you. And they were able to leave their homes, and they were able to leave the fear and the danger. And they went around celebrating that Jesus had risen, and we're going to get a chance to do that because love is the most powerful force on the earth. And this year, we're getting to experience a taste of what the first Easter was like, still in our homes, daring to believe that hope is on the horizon. If you need peace in your life, please respond to us. We want to help you. Let me pray for you now.
God, I want to pray for those who are listening right now. There's a lot of fear. We're, we're all unsure of what's going to happen. Many people are unsure about their jobs or their health. Many people are in the first responders or the healthcare industry. Others have just got tired of being with cooped up and, and we need peace and we need hope and we need your spirit. And we're tired of not being able to breathe on each other. So Lord, would you breathe on us? And those people that need you right now, would you open up their hearts and let them cry out to you? They don't need to go through us. Let them cry out to you. Jesus, I need peace. I need you to breathe on me. I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. I want you to bring me the peace that can only come because of Easter. And we celebrate that together. In Jesus' name we pray. Guys, text need peace to 555-888. Let us help you. We're glad that you're here. Let's worship together.